producer. All right, we can get into it. Um, right. I'll do a little intro. Um, this is actually kind of fun because this is the first time I've run this setup. Normally, I have someone running third chair and mm -hmm. doing the scene switching, but I got like big brain about it and all techie and like you now, now no, I don't even have anything. It just switches. Oh, so like when you talk, <laughs> just switches. <coughs> it's pretty. It picks up the voice. Oh, look at that. Dude. Wow. Yeah, let me say that I fucking... <laughs> this guy. It took me a goddamn second. That's why I was like, why is my audio not working? And I was like, oh my god. You're like the fucking camera switcher. Yeah. <laughs> but now I don't even need a guy. I just... Anyway. It's fun when there's another guy here because then they can look up stuff too. Yeah. Like the Jamie of like... R.I.P. Alberto. He lost his job. Do we, technology. Does he need a job? Uh, no, Alberto? He, he lost it because you've got the technology switcher now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's nothing that replaces the human. Unless no. I could be like, uh, hey Siri, like look up something we just talked about. That actually, not gonna lie, that doesn't even seem that hard to do. No. Like we're there. Yeah. You can pretty much do anything via Siri all the time. Yeah. Siri talks to us randomly though. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, my name is Jerry. So sometimes <laughs> people will say my name and then it's like, what was that? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's like, only one Jerry, Siri. <laughs> yeah. Sit the fuck down. Calm down over there. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, we'll, yeah. we'll get into it. Um, yo, what's up, guys? This is Producer, the podcast for producers. Today, we are joined by Flanino. He said it right. Wow. I, I tried. I feel like I threw a little like Latin flair on there. That's is, what it is. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's Portuguese. So like, you are actually the very first person since I've been on pods or whatever, that I said it right. First time, no hesitation. You really? pronounce it, yeah, it's Portuguese. So it's, it translates to like Flinny. So like, you know, like I, she calls me Flinny. Gracie, my girlfriend is in here. Um, you can't see her, but she's here. She's here in spirit, guys. Always with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, growing up, like it's Flinny, Flinny. And so like when I played soccer in Brazil, like they would call me like, oh, Flinino, Flinino. Mm. And I never knew what it meant because, you know, I grew up watching soccer and stuff. But then, like, it translates to the why at the end of it. But people here call me, like, Flynn Ho, Flying Ho. Flying Ho? Flying Ho is my favorite one. Um, I'm like Aladdin, like, up in the sky, just fly, <laughs> flying Ho. But, uh, yeah, it's Portuguese. And so it's pronounced like an Aene, like you would be, like, you know, for, like, manana in Spanish. Um, but, yeah, bravo. Good to you. Sorry. I Longest what, intro I do ever. what I can. I do what I can here. <laughs> Yo, what's up, guys? Before we get into today's show, I want to take a quick moment to talk about our sponsor, Quake. As music producers and concert enthusiasts, we know how important it is to protect our ears. That's where Quake's Dub Muffs V2 come in. They aren't just any earplugs, they're a game changer. What sets Dub Muffs V2 apart, first off, their quality. They're better than any plugs I've ever used. I use them all the time, I have custom in ear plugs. These are my main ones that I bring to shows. Um, you get premium sound clarity, preserving those crisp highs and deep lows, all while safeguarding your ears from damaging volumes. And the best part, they don't break the bank. Quality and affordability, son. Let's talk customization. Quake knows one size doesn't fit all. That's why they offer two sizes. Whether you're at an intimate gig or a massive festival, Dub Muffs V2 fit comfortably in your ears, making sure you're protected no matter how long the show lasts. 
let's face it, we've all left concerts with ringing in our ears. It's not good, but it ends up happening. But it doesn't have to be that way. Protect your ears while enjoying the pure sound of music with Quake's Dub Muffs V2. As a special thank you to our listeners, Quake is offering an exclusive discount. Just use the code POD15 at checkout to save on your first purchase. As a motto of our show, make sure you protect your ears. Now let's get back to the show. Yo, also, I know I said I was going to get back to the show, but I'm a, I'm a liar. Um, this is for the Chicago residents, or if you're from out of town, come through. We are throwing a show. It's the very first producer show. It is called House of Beats. It's at the Epiphany Center for the Arts. It's going to be a fantastic show. Our lineup is incredibly stacked. Let me Let me read some names here. We got Going Somewhere, B4 Lasers, Care, Cozy Cold G, Easy Web, Backpack Beats, Pete Mac, Craig J, Damo Do The Most, Unregistered User, and special guest Eli The Guy. It's gonna be lit. This show is a tribute to the heart and soul of Chicago's extraordinary beat making community. Imagine a unique blend of sacred and modern as the historic Epiphany Center, once a church, transforms into a pulsating hub of creativity and sound. Each beat maker will take the stage, showcasing the diverse and rich musical heritage of the Windy City. Whether you're a beat aficionado or a casual music listener, House of Beats promises an unforgettable night. Anyway, that's... That's all I'm going to say. Go RSVP. Secure your spot. You can find the link on the Podducer Instagram page. Don't miss out. It's a free show. Did I say free? All right. Now we'll get back to the show. Um, Word. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad that we did that. And honestly... I just want to get straight into the soccer talk because yeah. that was something I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You said that you played soccer in Brazil? Brazil and Sweden. Yeah, it wasn't very long. Um, my So basically, my whole goal in all of life was to be a pro soccer player or whatever. Um, and, you know, I achieved it. I got, I basically did a combine here. Um, and What is a combine? Uh, so like, <clears throat> it'd be similar to like the NFL combine, you know, where they have all the college kids come out and basically they run them through like drills or like a, uh, a session or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, I was in college and going into my college, uh, career, I had had D1 offers go to my senior year and they got pulled because I broke my jaw and my neck in a soccer game and basically I was hurt. Fuck. Going now, to header a ball. <clears throat> Uh, no, I was going to slide for a ball, but then a goalie drove his knee through my face. And then, uh, Whew. yeah, they didn't want to take a risk on a gun shy forward. You know, that was kind of like a risk. And Meaning it, that, like, <clears throat> you wouldn't commit. <clears throat> that was the fear. Yeah, I assume. It really didn't make sense to me. But I understand, you know, like, when coaches' jobs are on the line based on who they bring in in college, at least in the United States, then, you know, it's like they can't take that risk. But, yeah, it kind of shifted me to go D3, and then... um you know, I went D3 to a small school in Iowa called Loris, and uh, I hated it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then so I did combines out here. I come back every weekend from Iowa <clears throat> anyways, and then a scout saw me play out here in Sweden first, 
So I went to Sweden first and played, and I did a combine there, basically playing against like, uh, I don't know, like four Swedish teams, two Finnish teams, and then uh, I got picked up halfway through the tour for the second half of the season, and and yeah, I did really well. And then in Brazil, I would say I've say I trained with when I was sixteen too, and then I went there, and then I got hurt again. Um, but yeah, and I came back and played pro indoor in the states that would be oh, dude indoor so uh, rocket league let me just say yeah like i played travel soccer i played a oh, little did you? little bit in high school and uh whenever we would play indoor it was best. like it was like hockey yeah. but soccer you could play off the walls like get wrecked into the wall yeah. and there's different sizes like the the court that we played on was pretty small mm-hmm. um but i know that they have like more full length maybe not like full length fields but, but like it's probably it's probably similar honestly to like if you a hockey rink size in the professional level like i was in cedar rapids and uh when i was down in texas got traded on there but they all the masl that was the league i played in basically you know it'd be considered semi-pro at any level but it's professional indoor like the highest level indoor you could play but uh, it was a hockey rink and like you just go in and get wrecked in the walls or whatever and so yeah, that whole period of my life was like 18, 19 to 22. So it's kind of like if I was wow. running, running back in the NFL, you know, my career was like three years and then like done because um, I just got hurt over and over and over and over like hip surgery, knee surgery, facial reconstruction, neck surgery. So, Damn, yeah. And then that's how... uh brought it to the dj and so sorry i mean you want to no, get no, into no, soccer no. we can get I, the soccer we can this is a podcast <laughs> about soccer now yeah so, um, Four, 411 by flanino and jerry yeah <laughs> what's 411 i don't know oh just <clears throat> just call the 411 yeah. i was oh, just yeah, trying yeah, to be yeah. trendy and like ambiguous you know i don't know no, 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 i like that i like i like where you were going i'm sorry i wasn't quick enough to pick it up yeah um, the adhd is on fire today <laughs> it's cool no <laughs> but like i just want to keep talking about this a little bit because yeah. like it sounds like from that time period you were moving around a lot you said you were in texas sweden <clears throat> yeah Brazil. like that is insane <clears throat> yeah you know i mean soccer is really like the coolest sport in the world i've always thought and it's honestly why i appreciate the dj and stuff now too because i love seeing new places traveling like it's the only sport in the world that's played everywhere it's the number one sport so like for example my name Flanino. any person who is in any other country, minus the United States, Australia, where like soccer is not the number one sport because Brazilian soccer players always have the I-N-H-O suffix at the end of the name. They'll be like, oh, Flanino, is that you? You know, so like they can read it right. But yeah, like I loved being a foreigner all the time. And like, you know, in Sweden, not knowing how to speak Swedish was mental. It's like one of the hardest languages ever, but everyone spoke English there. Um, Brazil, I was like the token gringo. Um, and I would get like heckled during games. They'd be like, pinche gringo. Really? And I loved it. I loved it because like, you know, I get to see all these different cultures, be part of it. And like, I was just really blessed to be taken in by like, you know, my teammates and their families and stuff and get to see the world because it's, it's cool. I don't, I, I feel like home is like wherever, you know, like you, <clears throat> like if you're good, your people, like I always tell Gracie, my wonderful girlfriend who I love very much home is with you like as long as I have her and my family like I'm good and I can be anywhere um location wise but yeah get to see the world what was your favorite team to play for (sighs) well I loved probably I mean honestly Sweden um when I played in their IFK Karlsland which is like I think their third division now um it's like by Orebrew but yeah they uh 
I mean, just because I got thrown in really off the deep end, like I got picked up from that tour and I thought it was going to be a third string like uh, defender. Like basically that's what I was signed for. And then the two people in front of me got hurt within that week. And so I was kind of like thrown into it immediately. Which I was like, I'm like a kid. I'm like, holy shit, it's happening, it's happening. And then like the first game, like I just get smoked <laughs> down the side, you know, and they score. But like it was awesome. And honestly, like I took a lot of that culture in terms of the acceptance and like the kindness and like the the focus on health and the focus on you don't live to work, you work to live, you know, kind of thing. Because that whole culture, they appreciate life a lot more, I feel like in regards to the work-life balance, you know, like here, it's like, if you're not working every single day, like you're fucking up, blah, 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 you know? And so to me, it's like, life is not all of that. <clears throat> like my my favorite memories are going to my teammates, like family's houses. Like I was t a 20 year old, I had a center back who had like two kids, you know, and his wife and they're having me out for dinner. And I'm just like, this is insane. Like, I'm so grateful. Cause it's like, you know, home away from home, I guess, mm. physically, but, uh, but yeah, I miss that. The energy though in Brazil was like, Brazil was just a party, like yeah. nonstop. The people there all like jubilant and uh, just grateful for what they have. There's a lot of poverty there too. So like you would think that they would be depressed, but they're all like focused on, you know, being happy and living their best life. So I feel like it's the sun. <clears throat> they just get good sun exposure. Bro, <laughs> I remember, I remember going out every day and it was just like 75 with a breeze and the sun was out and it's nice like, when we when we don't have the sun here like today we've been so groggy it's been like dreary oh, yeah. as hell but yeah the sun and like you know they just appreciate whatever they have you know it's not like they don't long for what they don't have you know like it's more a focus on like you have this moment to be here like you're gonna make the most of it and enjoy it as much as you can and then everything should fall into place you know they truly believe that if you're not happy and you're gonna go after stuff it won't happen you know, because you're like, you aren't focused on what's important, which is enjoying this time period you have in life. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I would say probably Europe and Europe, but when I got pro indoor in Iowa and then traded down to the border of Texas and uh, in Mexico, like I liked Texas, but I was, uh, I title it um, where dreams go to die. There's <laughs> just nothing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the people there are so nice, like the Midwest, Iowa nice, you know, like I will always appreciate the people who, who were always just so kind for no reason. You know, I'm just like a random kid and they're like, oh, hi. You're like, do you need food? Do you need groceries? Blah, blah. Like if there's anything going wrong, they take time to talk to you. They bring their kids to the games and stuff. And so I appreciate that. But like living wise and like team wise, like within the team is very, uh, how do I say this? Un unprofessionally run. <laughs> in terms of getting paid on time and mm. whatever it was always dicey and it was always stressful and then you have to go perform you have to go play you know after like you haven't gotten paid two weeks you know and you're saying they're like yeah this sucks and there's nothing to do around here in iowa oh and it's cold and oh yeah i'm not playing professional anymore i'm playing pro indoor now and so all those things kind of factor into it but i'm grateful i got to see all those places you know regardless no it's like you you lived a whole life and i bet you that <laughs> yeah. there's there's a ton of parallels between <clears throat> this and like oh, a music yeah. production yeah. dj career mm -hmm. like you get to travel a lot yeah like, yeah you had a whole professional life before you even started doing the stuff that we're gonna talk about <laughs> yeah um but like that's so cool also one thing i just wanted to say was on your profile you say 
your mom's favorite rock star, the Beckham of Bass House. Do you like the Beckham of Bass House? So I was wondering, <laughs> is that like the I just, David I just, I just, Beckham? Well, there's only one. Yeah. I mean, there's Victoria, obviously, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean, like I. The reason why I kept my name, like, you know, after I played in Brazil, I kept that on my jersey wherever I went. Like, indoor, I had Flanino on the back of jersey. Um, and I remember when I started doing music, like, the people who were, who basically brought me into this, wisely, they said, you know, I don't know if anyone here is going to understand that name. Like, you should change it. And it wasn't it wasn't hate. It was like, you're right, we're in America. And it's like, Flin, I get called Flying Ho. And it's like, people are like, yeah, Flying Ho. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Yeah, I know. But in my mind, you know, to me, it's like, you're right. I lived a life prior to this. I I spent my whole life working for that period of time, three, three, four years of doing it. And so to me, it's like, I can honor it with my DJ name or whatever and like the lessons I've, you know, learned. But yeah, I don't know. It's wow. pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool stuff. That's really cool. I like... <laughs> That's so dope that you got to do that. Um, yeah. Clearly, you're probably pretty good at soccer. Do you still play soccer? So I play or against football. Like it's, <laughs> you can't really call it soccer. <clears throat> well, you can call it soccer here. Um, but I play against the eight year olds I coach. I coach like during the week. Um, I ball out on them. I like score hello goals on eight year olds and nine year olds, and I celebrate <laughs> sick, so sick. hard. Um, <clears throat> but no. So I coach. I coach. Uh, during the week and then on the weekend stuff, I basically um, run one of the feeder programs into a travel program. Um, being like kids first, uh, like introduction into the sport, like sometimes they never played or, you know, it's the first structure they've had with soccer or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, like that is about as much as I can do in regards to the sport because like player wise, when I was a player, I would run through this door. Like I, I literally was so competitive and so torqued about it. And so when it wasn't at that level anymore, because I tried to play like, you know, men's league or whatever after. Oh, bro, you're just like smoking. I'm seething. Yeah. I'm seething. And it's like, but then, you know, it's like, okay, coaching taught me this. It's like when I, uh, when, wow, 22, when my career ended, my coach who had coached me here offered me a job. I took it. That's where I am now. And like the first like three months, I just couldn't, I wouldn't talk because in my head I'm screaming when a four-year-old is running after a ball and they like trip. And like, you know, in my head, it's like, that's your contract that's gone. But then you remember, oh, he's four. He doesn't even know his legs are yet. So it kind of mellowed me out a little bit. It sounds dumb, right? But to me, when you're at that level and you're chasing that level for so long to then see someone not going at that level when you know what it was for you, it's a really hard adjustment um, that really honestly just forced me to kind of like take note and just like take a step back. But as a result, I, I, I can't play a game without it being at that level, you know, just cause that's how serious I took it. And I'm, I'm glad it's there and stuff and I'll ball out on the homies, you know, whatever, like if I ever get invited and stuff, but, but yeah, no, it's a closed chapter. For I sure. Think. For yeah. Sure. The last thing I wanted to ask about this just as like a, uh, segue mm -hmm. into into music is transition yeah <laughs> was there any type of music that like you would listen to to get fired <clears throat> up like during some of these eras like uh yeah i mean so like <clears throat> so in sweden like that's where i first really heard real house music like i go out to the club so 5 a.m is deep house one dj for like nine hours and i was just like god like what is that's this a music? long set dude <laughs> well europeans are crazy like the swedes are chill but they'll party 
hard like 6 a.m closing time and then they hit the sauna the next day how were those swedish saunas they were nice yeah Yeah. there's some things i missed that like you know as a soccer player you're just kind of given it's like oh it's nice and then when you realize you're a normal person after you're like oh wait i can't afford the swedish could you get a massage on demand yeah i mean so like i i literally was in the we had nice like uh be the equivalent of a athletic trainer here um but like I literally was in massages like once a week, twice a week, getting rubbed out, like my body, like getting rubbed out and stuff. And it was like, nice. We actually just got massaged like uh, last week. And it's like the second one I've had since my soccer career has been done. So yeah, I miss that. Well, I just think about for myself, like if I could get a massage every week, I'd be a completely different person. Yeah, you're a lot more chill. Yeah. <laughs> you're not as, I mean, and for me too, it's like you break that stuff down. Like, like you know, when you're training stuff, like I'm constantly getting rubbed down and you need it. It's part of like the recovery slash building muscle process and build bounce back. But yeah, I miss the Swedish massages for sure. Yeah. So we kind of got sidetracked. Music yeah. wise, you were going to yeah, so the sweet, Deep House. Yeah, Deep House clubs. And then honestly, Brazil, like you always hear like the boom, 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 like the samba. Like there was always rhythm in Brazil. And like they don't, I'm not, I'm doing a bad job of really relaying that. But it's like music is so important in that culture. And so every game you have like the dudes who are just like pounding the drums and you're hearing music before the game, after the game. But like what, what I would be listening to, like in my headphones, like hard dubstep like hard edm you know going crazy and getting amped but then when i went pro indoor i think like i honestly just tried to be i tried to not be in my head so much so i'd take off the headphones just be like you know in the moment just be like listening to the sounds or like but in indoor it's cool too because they have djs during the games for indoors oh so it's like it's like a bowls game yeah it's like it's like a basketball game. game and so like you have people like you know i remember playing one time I remember like a Katy Perry edit came up. I'm sitting there like with the ball on my feet. I'm like, God, this song fucking sucks. Like, why are we playing this song while I'm playing the game? But uh, but yeah, you know, it's very EDM and electronic focused. Like, I honestly started like making music and DJing. Got my first DJ board my last year of playing pro indoor. Okay, perfect. Yeah. transition because I was about to transition. ask you when did you start producing music? When did <clears throat> you start DJing? Yeah, so it was kind of getting to the point in my career with soccer where it's like i keep on getting hurt it's not where i want to go like this is bullshit all the time but i love the music and i started going to festivals i think and uh that have been i was 19 so almost 10 years ago now <clears throat> and so i started like you know my my dad had got me a laptop for when i was in school and stuff and uh at garage man so i literally started opening up and fucking around with it like when i was playing you know i'm like when we were in a training or whatever it's make music and like I would send my friends be like hey guys what do you think and they're like yeah it's really good it's just like four loops and it's like awful um but yeah you know I didn't think anything of it It it's just kind of like a stress relief and I love music I've been going to festivals and I wanted to make electronic stuff and dubstep whatever but then when I started DJing at home um when we weren't like a training and I was just like whoa this is cool and it's like I didn't realize like how good you always in your head are like, oh, this song would sound so good with this. But when you do it, and then like you're just like so amazed that you can just go like, oh my God, the songs are over each other and I don't need to do anything. Um, it was so cool. And so, yeah, it was kind of like, I almost knew, but I didn't know that like soccer was going to be done. But, uh, but I also didn't know, I never planned on being a DJ producer seriously. I was just doing it like for fun at that point. Um, just because I love the music. I love the, you know, the Jaws set to 
was it Spring Awakening in 2016 and whatever and like you know like that energy I just loved electronic music I'd work out to it all the time but yeah the moment I think I started to take it seriously was literally when my career was done I came back and uh, I went and saw Joyride he was playing a Lollapalooza pre-party so, so Joyride is like <clears throat> fun. I actually Mental. some of your some of your songs I'll say that like I guess Joyride would be Bass House yeah. but it's like it just smacks. It's I want so to good. hit you in the face. Yes. And like when Louie, when Joyride came out, I remember I didn't even know what like house music was or like the name for it. So like when Joyride came out, like my SoundCloud of working on like, yo, this really fast EDM is sick. Cause like there's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, people are like, is he talking about drum and bass? Is he talking about nightcore? Yeah, like I was happy I was hardcore? twenty. I was twenty. It's bit hard bass house, but uh but yeah, I didn't know the name. I didn't have the terminology or anything. I really loved it. And like I knew I loved Joyride and so Prior to going overseas, I went and saw this DJ play. This will all connect, I promise. Um, <clears throat> I went and saw this DJ play at 515 Alive, um, this festival in Iowa, Des Moines. And like the next day, I was on the plane going to Sweden. Uh, Nick Matsi, you know, of um, um, Basura Boys. Matsi. <clears throat> is it just, does he go by just Matsi? Uh, no? Nick Nice is his solo name, but oh. uh, Basura Boys, they've released on like Night Base. Um, they're like hard tech house. Like they've, they're doing really, really well right now. Didn't even know who he was then. I just remember seeing the set of these locals at the small stage, and it was fucking insane. Like, I was just sitting there, I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And then didn't think anything of it. Go have my career come back. I literally met Joy Rod, and then I see the DJs, you know, like I see him and his partner at the time was Kyle. And so I was like, oh my God, I have to go talk to them. I have to go talk to them. And so I run over, I was like, hey, like, you may not, this may mean nothing to you. I saw you play in Iowa, I'm pretty sure. I just want to say it's one of the best DJ sets in my life that I've ever seen. Like, it was crazy. He's like, oh my God, they used so much. You'd come out to uh, our first event. It was like a drink in Schaumburg or something. And then, yeah. Wait, drink is the <clears throat> club? Yeah, yeah. Drink. They just didn't even fuck around. They were There's just like, like the alcohol you know what place. you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, he like pushed me out and like he was just really nice and like I was really big. I'm always really big in supporting like whoever I can, you know, like if I connect with you, like I'm loyal. And uh and yeah, and I went to the event and him and his whole crew, like AO, Eric Estrada, James. Oh, Estrada. I know I know AO. We interviewed <clears throat> AO at um Yeah, Undercoast. Undercoast, yeah. Yeah. So they're the like that whole group, Be Nice Collective, I'm sure they told you about it too. Like they all welcomed me in. I was the Be Nice intern. I just really fucked with them and went to everything. <laughs> Um, and I was DJing at home, but it wasn't like serious or anything. I wasn't even trying to be like that. I just really fucked with the boys and stuff. And, and then, yeah. And then one day, you know, we've been killing it at this club residencies and they made me part of be nice. And I was like, so hype. I got hired from the intern spot to the be nice liaison, whatever person. Nick Mazzi one day is like, dude, you should DJ. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I'd been producing, but I'd stopped producing, you know, at that point in garage band, because I was just like so obsessed with the DJing at home and whatever. And then I started just like going hard. I practiced every day at home. And then I started making music at home, like him both hard. And then I remember I got my first slot ever in Chicago, Evil Olive, which is now closed for a very long time. Shout out Evil Olive. Dude. <clears throat> yeah. Class, classic right there. <laughs> and I'm like swaying bullets. He's like, hey, you're got DJ. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then he literally, we go into the back room and there's no one there and I'm sweating mm -hmm. bullets. I'm like freaking out because I've never played in CDJs, never did any of that. Mm. 
And the DJ before me, like he sees my hand like shaking, plugging in the USB, and there's nobody in this room. It's like the back room. There's like it's dead. But you're 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 standing up to the stage, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like fuck. <laughs> also, when you haven't played on CDJs. <clears throat> And yeah. you're like, where is everything? Yeah, you know, and it's like I got like one five minute crash course from like Eric <laughs> prior, prior Dude, to it. Bro, everyone's had the five minute crash. He's course. like, this is here, this is here, this is here. Good luck. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> okay, I'll figure it out. And then eventually, when I got the rhythm of it, but the DJ before me, Knockout, who I'm really good friends with now, by the time you know, he was like all these tattoos and like he looks legit. He's been doing all scratching stuff. He's like, yo, bro, you know what you're doing, bro. <laughs> And I'm like, you're like, like, oh God, he could have been like, oh dude, it's, you're going to be fine. No, there was not that. <laughs> yeah. This was like, it was, it's like, uh, you know, this ain't my first rodeo, except this was my first rodeo. And so like, I literally was just like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> don't. But then, yeah, you know, it went fine. It went great. Like, cause there's no one back there. And like, I'm sure it wasn't the best thing ever, but I did it. And then, yeah, from that point on, I was like hooked. And then, uh, yeah, now here we are today. So did you continue to kind of <clears throat> DJ with Be Nice? Or, yeah, so yeah. so Be Nice went, so like I said, it was Nick Mati. I, I'm familiar with them. I think I've run into most of them at this point. <clears throat> yeah, the only one you probably wouldn't have run into would be Pharaoh, Anthony Mitchell. I've had Pharaoh you on, do the, on you, the podcast. I miss him. I haven't seen him in so long. He was actually over at my house like a week ago. Shout Pharaoh, I love you. A week ago. I miss you. If you're watching this, Pharaoh, I love you. I miss you. Um, but yeah, he's, I'll just say this. He's wicked. He DJed an oh, event with me and I was yeah. like, bro, the, the people were like, can you DJ for another hour? And then they came back like an hour later, like, can you just keep going? And yeah. Like, <clears throat> he was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> so, okay. So exactly. So with Be Nice Collective, like I literally was surrounded by insane DJs with Nick Mati, Eric Estrada can run an open format set like that. They used to do like just the crazy open format sets. Um, you know, Ben Elliott got added in, like he's insane, like open format DJ, Pharaoh. Um, and so, yeah, so like I kind of had this platform just to really like go into it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you know, like Be Nice Collective helped really kind of shift the, the the city's culture from the, hey, bro, you good? Like, oh, I don't know you, fuck you type kind of mentality to, hey, you're good, let's collaborate, let's do something. Like, you, I want to see you shine. Like, you know, maybe you can help me, maybe not. That's not what it's about. And so we had residencies at like Trophy Room, RIP, Bottle Bond, RIP, Liquor Box, uh, Tobacco Road, whatever. And we just all go together. El Jefe, RIP now as of this weekend. Oh, really? <clears throat> I, was, I was not familiar. Yeah, we found out when we were in Nashville. Um, but yeah, and so we do it all together all the time. And so like it was really, I, I feel like I needed that kind of um, structure to really kind of like, okay, if I see every week that they're killing it, I'm saying they're like, fuck, how do I get that good? And so like, you know, just keep keep uh keeping the level high. And then um, you know, when I started producing really, like getting tips from Eric Estrada, uh, birthday party and James Estrada and Nick Mazzi, like it was really helpful to have that structure set up into place because it wasn't just about the clubs. Their whole goal is to do the same thing that they're doing now, that I'm doing now, which is to be producers. But the only pathway really quickly into the artist like show kind of uh network is really either through your music which i didn't have at the time or is through running every single club and going hard and having your name out there and finally getting a shot you know which is that was the uh the path i took so yeah, yeah. i mean dude you've 
you've played a lot of shows. I was looking at your uh, resume. And let me just read a little bit of this. Like, uh, performed with Cruella, D- Dirty Audio, Champagne Drip, Bijou, <clears throat> Birthday. Like, just it goes on for a long time. <laughs> Festivals, North Coast, multiple times, Spring yeah. Awakening, um, Bollywood Electric Beach. I don't know what that is, but it's, it sounds lit. It is uh, North Ave Beach. Corona, oh, okay. Corona puts it on, and this year it was here like Cash Cash Regard. Um, oh, Cash Cash Regard. Uh, I was like one of the only local acts. I think it was like myself, Pods, um, and like DJ Flipside or whatever. Word. Yeah. So, how have things changed <clears throat> from like that and like everything you've done <clears throat> between then? Like, you just told me you were in Nashville DJing mm-hmm. at the bar stool, yeah. like, place. How did that go? <clears throat> it went really, really well. Uh, I. S- I keep on looking over at Gracie. If you guys are wondering who I'm looking at, she's very beautiful. <laughs> she looks cute. Um, we do everything together. But yeah, I underestimated how basic <laughs> the some of the music taste is. And I've been warned, right? Like there are a bunch like, of whites out there. Bunch of people that look like this. A bunch a bunch of the Caucasians. <laughs> um I'm actually president of the anti white white people club. Um Well, I'm also like a weird breed because like I look kinda, <clears throat> for lack of better word, ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the proper word i get what you're saying you look like yeah. you have a little spice to you yeah, yeah. there's a little <clears throat> spice you can't yeah. really pinpoint what yeah. it is though but you're just white like me yeah so um i underestimated that and like i mean honestly i don't even think i underestimated it's just my ego was like i'm not ripping Katy perry firework i'm not doing that because like i will get pretty basic i'm pretty vanilla like i like people have a good time but the DJ before me was incredible because he had been, you know, he does all the bar stools around the country. He's kind of showed me the ropes and he was playing like literally songs like, but my hands up, like I'm standing there like, no, like in my head, like no, but like I should have that for that gig if I'm going to take it. Um, and seeing how well it went off because like you think like, oh, it's Barstool. Yeah, it's Nashville. Throw some country. I made a, I made a bunch of country edits of my songs with country mm. over at Morgan Wallen. Last night we let the liquor talk. Um but yeah, and those went off. But like, yeah, I uh, it went it went really really well. Everyone there, the energy was incredible. It was like the most lit nightlife I've seen since COVID here. Because post COVID, everything here is just like. Oh, dude, they were rocking it during COVID. I had some friends go out there. They don't fuck around out there. Those bridesmaids and all the people. They're there they, to have a good time. They go so hard, dude. And so, like, it was really refreshing because, like, for a long time, Chicago hasn't been like that post-COVID, at least in, like, the nightlife uh, show sector. It's kind of like, oh, you're not the headliner. Oh, cool, that's a good song. Oh, you can kill it. Oh, like, you're cool. I really like you. And then when the headliner goes on, who's doing way worse than whoever the local is, they'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, crazy. And so it's just kind of like weird. So it's like it was nice to have genuine energy and people who were just like, "Oh my God, you did so well!" And they were so kind to us, took care of us, security, barbacks, all the bottle girls, like the DJs. Like it was really, really nice and needed. My liver hurts, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one shot tequila, man. I don't do tequila, and it just fucked up the whole night. Yeah, so. you're coming over. I'm like, I got tequila and beers. And I was like, like, I was like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was really, really good. And yeah, I can't remember what, what else you asked. Well, I was just wondering kind of like, you know, what it all looks like in between, oh, okay. but, <clears throat> but also like, you know, not I, to, not to go on that for too long, but like yeah. kind of what is the, the schedule look like <clears throat> now with DJing? Like, is it mostly Chicago <clears throat> stuff? Is there a tour happening? Uh, so, okay. So 
I have to go back pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I was pretty much gonna blow up. Like I had locked in tour legs with big artists, like on Martin Garrix's label and stuff. Um, you know, like I was playing, moved to LA, um, and then obviously COVID happened, and then all of that kind of died. And like at that point, I was like a resident at every single club here, was playing the shows, releasing music, like not as regularly as I am now, but like enough. And then <clears throat> over COVID, I kind of shifted. It, like, okay, my goal is to like, I've done everything here that I can do. You know, minus play Lala at this point. <clears throat> so my goal is to get out of there. So how do I do that? It's like through the music and through like having these shows and having my set be memorable and connecting with the fan base that's here. Because there's a fan base of loyal Chicago people who want to rage with local artists. They just don't know who they are. Um, and that's not their fault. It's like a lot of the people who used to gatekeep a little bit. Luckily, a lot of that's changing now. But <clears throat> yeah, so... My focus used to be the clubs because that was the only pathway into these shows at like Prism, Soundbar, Concord. But the only way to stay there was through the music. So I really started taking the music seriously. Um, and then I started releasing song after song. And all of a sudden it was like, I'm playing a show every single week, you know, whether it is like here or like uh, Milwaukee or Iowa, like, you know, it had been pretty local. And then last year was the first, uh, the first out of Midwest show I played. <clears throat> which was in San Diego with Sherm, um, the Hood Poly guys. And then uh, I play in Canada next week with, well, this weekend, three days. Wow, three oh, days. Oh, wow, nice. Uh, I play at Gasly um, in Calgary. And so like it's starting to happen uh, a lot because I don't, I don't want to do this here anymore, per se. I mean, not that I don't love it here. And I'm grateful for every opportunity here. Like I'll take whatever is presented to me if it makes sense. But uh, at this point, like, when you've done everything here, I need to keep growing. And I also don't want to stop other artists from growing when they haven't had their shot, you know? And luckily, like, I know, like, I don't know if you know Galena Crew. You probably met the Galena Crew boys or whatever, uh, Undercoast. Maybe. Who, like, who's part of Galena <clears throat> Crew? Uh, there's Henry. There's Max. They, I can, I don't know the third guy, but um, they're like two bass house kids and like they just kill it and crush it. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, yeah, you guys should get all the shows. Like, why wouldn't you? Because I've already done it here. And so now it's like, okay, gradually, I need to have the shows here, you know, but I also need to be showing growth. So like this Canada show, Nashville, it's, it's, it's important, you know, because like, and every time I go play, I get to make fans. And like, once promoters can see that you will, you know, bring people, bring heads and they like you, mm-hmm. once you build that trust, which takes time, then it just starts happening. So mm-hmm. luckily I'm in the process of that luckily people trust me and believe in my music and stuff and. We don't have yeah. to get into like the, um, you know, the juicy details, mm-hmm. but I, you know, you kind of mentioned gatekeeping, like, yeah. I feel like gatekeeping <clears throat> in Chicago is definitely a thing I've heard of. I would assume it happens <clears throat> in almost any city you're in. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe d- there's just like a gangster mentality <clears throat> in Chicago. Well, so be nice, be nice collective was established to get rid of that because it's like, Hey, if you're dope, you're dope. Like good music is good music. It doesn't matter if you're johnny from down the street who lives in his car but makes fire music or if you're like the most established dj ever it's like if it's good it's good you know so for luckily the last couple years like you have sherm you know over at soundbar who was my previous manager we both have the mentality of like hey let's bring everyone with us you know and so when you're a local artist and you have the opportunity to have like a headline show like i did you know flaninium friends twice now 
that's important because it's like you get to really break through the gatekeeping because you're the gatekeeper for that night. So you have to use it to spotlight the people that actually deserve it. You know, for me, like the the Galena Crew boys or, um, <clears throat> you know, pe people like Max Quinones, you know, or like, you know, Jake Shore before he blew up. He was on Sherman Friends, you know, the Hood Polly and Friends, whatever. Um, that goes a long way. And luckily, Chicago is at the point where a lot of the artists are kind of in control of the music, like the music side of nightlife, where it's like the show side of nightlife. <laughs> Um, and artists booking artists, not like just some random dude being like Jada as hell and be like, yeah, no, you're not cool enough out. Mm. <clears throat> but definitely use, and that's recent, you know? So like a lot of that's still being worked out a lot of places, but, but yeah, gatekeeping is, uh, it's an issue. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was brutal when I came in. Like I remember playing a tunnel one time and whoever the resident was there, this was when I first started DJing. I got hit up last minute to switch from opener to headliner because whoever's there like bailed and i killed it and like you know I, I crushed it whatever the resident was so pissed i didn't play there for two more years after that until he left and i was just sitting there like why you know what i mean it's like it's like hey like we did good you know the bartenders make money the bottle girls make money security had no bullshit whatever do you think it comes down to where the money's allocated that it's not going <clears throat> to whatever they want yeah i mean i think a lot of it's it's ego, you know, it's like, I want Chicago's artists who are plentiful, and honestly, our DJs and our artists are some of the best. Like, every time we go DJ somewhere else, even our worst would blow out their best, and I truly, I stand by that, you know? <clears throat> we just grind for it, and so, the only issue is there's, you can get the local shows, but there's no, the gatekeeping happens when you try to leave. Mm. <clears throat> Because we're not provided that pathway without like doing a John Summit, where John Summit was in Chicago. He didn't play Spy Bar, or Spy Bar the Tech House spot, before I did, you know, which is insane. I'm not even a Tech House artist. Um, and so it's just, a lot of it was connections. And while that does matter, like, if you're an artist who has a platform and like who has worked hard to to be trustworthy and to and to run it, you then have to take that <clears throat> and reinvest it back into the city, you know? And so, like, I've done a lot of that. And, yeah, sometimes I get burned. And sometimes I'm like, I understand why people gatekeep. You know, it's kind of both. But at the same time, I think it's always better to give someone a shot than to not, you know? Because without mine, I wouldn't be here. And so it's like it's my job to pay it forward. Um, yeah. I think that's a responsibility of a lot of Chicago artists that they don't fully see or that they have or that they don't care about, really. Um but yeah, I mean, I've seen it change, you know. I know. Do you think it's changing in the city? I feel like it's changing. I feel like I'm myself kind of growing into having like a little bit more leverage to mm -hmm. do things. And when you start to do that, it, it feels like, <clears throat> I mean, part of it just comes down to like time in the game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I do see it. I feel like COVID for sure helped that. Yeah, um, wiped a lot of it out. But I feel like gatekeeping, it almost like inherently happens because you're just trying to hold on to something that, that you have that you worked for or whatever. Maybe mm -hmm. you didn't work for it, whatever it is like, but it just comes down to like fe fear because no. like the one yeah, thing absolutely, is if, absolutely. You, if you collaborated with all these dope people, like you could capitalize off that. I we, mean, that's yeah, we my all mentality. Eat. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's like how you said it is the best way I've heard anyone describe it. <clears throat> it really is about protecting what you have. And I'm not going to sit there and say, 
that you shouldn't do that because you have to. You have to like it's uh on the planes, you know, it's like put on your air mask before you help someone else. Yeah, before you like you yeah. can't help someone if you're dying. <clears throat> you know, like you have to maintain that. So it really is striking a balance. What I found is like you know, it's like if I feel like I'm falling behind because I'm giving a lot of attention to the artists who need it. You know, like who are asking for my help or who I'm plugging in. I have no problem doing that. But then I feel like I'm not getting that. Then I just like take a step back and just focus on me, you know, and just like get myself to that level I need to be at. And <clears throat> when you, I I mean, it's kind of weird, you know, it's like you benefit from both, but also both are destructive, you know, where it's like. Some people could take advantage of you though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the it end is, of the day, like. Yeah. <clears throat> if someone takes advantage of me, how are they gonna take advantage of me of a gig? I mean, or I, or yeah. my care, you know? I like okay. and I always try to think about the long term where yeah. it's like if someone fucks you over, you have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say you're just gonna go tattle on this person, but like if someone comes and asks you for a wreck that they're gonna book this guy or something, you're like, I don't know, man, he was kinda shady to me. Like that speaks volumes. <clears throat> so Yeah. I mean, and like honestly, I just try to be very forthright with whoever I'm working with. Like, you know, like all the like all the young DJs that Gracie and I were called mom and dad because um, you know we ushered a lot of them in and gave really like we focused on like this is the reality of it this is how you don't fuck it up and when they were slipping it's like dude you're not doing this I need you to do this my name is on the line too and if they don't respect that okay no hard feelings I have to protect myself let me know if I can help any other way that's not DJ you know but at the end of the day it's like <clears throat> I don't know I think the leverage that I have uh, over myself is the only leverage that matters. Like I only give my power away. Um, I don't, I don't, no one has it already. You know what I mean? Like mm. I choose to give it out. And so like, I don't know. I think to me, it's like, it's, I can't take it personally. You know, if someone in that moment decides to do the wrong thing and fucks it up for me because, okay, that's just how it went. Like people are at different places in their life all the time, <clears throat> but I have to keep moving forward. You know, and, you know, if they come around at that point in time, like later down the road or whatever, like, that's cool. Like, I will prove it to me. I'll welcome it back with open arms. I truly am like that. But like, to me, no one else has an influence over my shit other than me at the end of the day, who I choose to give, you know, my time to, why I give it to. Um, <clears throat> because, yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason why I started DJing over soccer, dude. Soccer, I scored literally professionally. Scored two. We lost three, two mental i'm like sitting there i'm like how do we lose i did everything right but like i didn't control as much as i could like with dj and making the cover art and make my music like i control how well i'm doing how shitty i'm doing it's on me you know and so i think like when you have it that real like i don't make excuses if i have a bad set i don't blame oh yeah well this was weird or whatever it's like no i didn't come prepared you know or when i crush it i say yeah i crushed it because i worked for it you know and so I don't know. I don't think a lot of people can really fuck you over if you are living very honest with yourself and you're very cognizant of, yeah, that wasn't the best night, but we did what we needed to do, blah, blah, You know, mm. like being real. And I think I have been for better or worse. It has come back to burn me where I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'm in a weird place, whatever. Like, cool, we're moving on. Mm. But I mean, that's my obligation. That's our obligation. That's okay. You know? Yeah, I feel like that's a really mature way to think about it. And I can't help but think like you might have developed a little bit of that from 
the <laughs> soccer days. I don't know. I no, just... it, I mean, I mean, I always tell whoever I meet, you know, like if like I get to know them, like how you are with me, like <clears throat> I would not be a successful artist at all or even have a chance at doing this if I wasn't a failed soccer player first. <clears throat> I mean, flat out. Like, yeah, I played professionally. And yeah, I cheated. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't really feel failed. But think but... about this. I wasn't Ronaldo. I wasn't Beckham. And in my head, that's the only level I wanted to be at. And so, like, you know, I'm 22 and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I failed. Obviously, I didn't. I achieved my dream. It just wasn't as how I envisioned it. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes in that. Like, I had to grind every single day to be just as good as people who didn't even have to try with soccer. Because um, they were just, like, innately yeah, skilled. Yeah, and, and, like, I was skilled enough, but, like, the moment I started working for it is the moment I actually got good. Um, and it didn't come naturally naturally me uh, to me like that but that only happened the moment I accepted what I was and what I wasn't which is all right I know I'm a lazy piece of shit so how do I work <laughs> as little as possible but get the most you know output in it and then um and yeah like you know learning how to prioritize what's important to you like my dreams are yeah. important I didn't have friends you know like in college where it's like consistent you know, it's like whoever I saw the most at that point in time. And then sometimes you'd be friends. Sometimes you wouldn't be after or family or love or whatever, sleep, grades, you know, no income, struggling, like all those things were on the back burner because I believed I could do this, but it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of patience and trust in whatever. Like I've been burned a thousand times by shitty coaches who did the wrong thing on levels. And I've been burned by teammates who didn't come you know very prepared and as a result i didn't get the looks that i needed to get you know what i mean um but at the same time it's like when i look back it's like yeah but you didn't practice hmm. you were at a d3 school you still could have went and hustled to go to d1 schools and you didn't you made it harder for yourself which is i'm a pain in the ass that's what i do apparently <laughs> i take the long road but uh but yeah a lot of it comes from that like the never-ending grind and like the dedication to that and like the acceptance of what you are and what you're not like like you have to you have to believe in it that hard and work for it that hard and i without soccer i wouldn't understand that i'd probably just be i don't know some nine to five <laughs> and depressed and want to die or something i mean honestly but the moment i realized i needed this and I accepted that and i accepted that there are gonna be things that are gonna hurt me by doing this you know djing or by soccer like it becomes a lot easier to deal with. You don't take it personally when you know that you're going into some shit you don't know. Mm. Yeah, the one thing you said before is the word torque. And I feel <laughs> like you definitely have that. You know how to turn, turn it on. Turn yeah. on the energy if you need it. <clears throat> and the one thing I wanted to say just to like, you know, you know, sum up kind of what we're saying is that it seems like, you know, if you if you perform at a certain level in one area mm. and you get so high like up that totem mm -hmm. that you can transfer that the skills that like yeah understanding of <clears throat> how hard to go mm -hmm. into other things and it seems yeah, like yeah yeah i mean why do you think kids put their uh why do you think kids are in teams in sports answer why do you think uh to learn how to work together yeah that's it they give you the life skills to work together within a team and so like honestly what you just said is true like the understanding of how to deal with adversity when everything is falling apart around you and you don't know what to do and there's really like you're either gonna sink or swim yeah that was going through soccer when i'm back on a plane and my career is done and i'm about to move back to my parents and i'm like 
who who the fuck am like what am i what am i gonna do you know what i mean like and learning how to build yourself back up after like that was learned through soccer like knowing how to work with people who i cannot stand soccer learning how to learn why liking people what works for me the the ways i receive communication soccer so like all those things the work ethic the grind the determination the understanding that's ebbs and flows the inform out form you know for soccer like same for djing you know music and whatever like it it's all like this the the more you can raise that level and make it more like little ones little waves try to keep it there that's good but like but yeah i think you're 100 right I think. like longer low waves type <clears throat> deal keep yeah it's steady it seems like if you ever had kids you'd want to put them in sports <laughs> that sounds like an important <laughs> thing to do I if they go play a sport it'd be soccer yeah. um but yeah, no, I mean, I to be honest, I wouldn't make them do anything. Like, I would obviously push them towards soccer, but like, if they didn't want to, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, learn like, music. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't want them to ruin their life <laughs> like that. Yeah, but it is important to just yeah. have some drive and have something something that's yours yeah. that you worked for. And that's, I'm sounding like fucking preaching here, but it just it. it Welcome really, to Good Intentions by Fonino. <laughs> the four one one. The four one one. Love yourself. All right, let's before we get too preachy and on our high horse about stuff, let's let's give a, let's let's play a track. Okay. Um I don't know if any of these you wanted to start with. I was thinking maybe the Blink 182 one yeah, because that's, that's coming yeah. out. Soon. Yeah, so it's probably going to come out before this podcast airs. But So you've already so listened go, to it and you love it. it. Yeah, exactly. You already know it.
brother. Dude, yeah, let's get into <clears throat> it. Why Blink-182? Are you a big Blink fan? Uh, I am a sad boy, big Blink, uh, pop punk. That was all, like, I mean, I still listen to it now, but this song in particular, I would sing to Gracie all the time in the car, and we'd be balling together because we love each other so much, and I don't know. She knows, she knows, like, I... This is gonna sound cheesy, so don't roast me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I've I've never had someone sing this song to, and I always love the song, and so I just start belting it out to her in the car, and then she's crying, I'm crying, but then yeah, you know, it's like I love Blink Wayne too. <clears throat> I wouldn't remix like whenever I do remixes, it's like I want to do songs that I like, and that I can bring something to, um, but ones that haven't been done really. So like. All the small things. That's the song that everyone knows. And yeah, if I was going to be on TikTok and trendy, this song would be three minutes shorter, which it probably should be at this point. <laughs> in 30 <clears throat> seconds. <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's why I play at the end of my sets because in today's era, like these, this generation of raver or listener, their attention span is like this, you know? <clears throat> um, and so, and I found that playing in my sets. Like I play at the beginning of my set, the end of my set, the middle of my set, testing it out. And it hits best at the end when it's just like I'm leaving and like peace and then you know people are belting out and I've had a good set. But uh the it's it's so long. Um <clears throat> and one of the things I try to do with remixes, I try to really respect the original as much as I can. So like some DJs of like on remixes will take out like the part that everyone you know, the the part of the song, like they went everyone goes crazy like in the yeah 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 it's like dun 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 ever dude i hear it so much <clears throat> yeah like but they're all waiting for that part you know so if you're gonna remix something like everyone probably knows the song if they don't know it like by a name once they hear it they'll know the song and so like when i've done evanescence or this one um or whatever it's like how do i take <laughs> that original um and add my own flavor to it while still keeping like the essence of what they're singing. So like in the other one, it's very like pop punk, like fast. And it's like high school kind of like vibe who's in love. And <clears throat> I was like, all right, how do we mature that? <laughs> and how do we like have this dude point his heart out like how he is, but into an adult, you know, I'm making it deeper. It's like the chords at the end, you know, it's like you contrast it with the hard part, which is mainly my section. Um, and then we, Got lucky and I, we had it uh, kind of be that for the second drop. And I was like, this doesn't work. Like it doesn't work for both. And I was like, wow, what if you go like melodic? And he's incredible at doing like all the melodic breaks like that. Um, and so, yeah, so we ended the melodic and like people are waiting for that. You know, even if I've been playing a whole bass house set, like I know that's how it's supposed to end. And you probably do too, you know? It, where it's, it feels like it has that release because yeah. you feel those chords and you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're like, fucking finally, five minutes yeah. later, let's go. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, I mean, like, it's a real song, you know, as opposed to a lot of electronic music in general. It's like, you know, I've listened to Radio Edit. Like, this has, what, Radio Edit? Yeah, Master Radio Edit. This wouldn't play on the radio because it's too long, you know? But, like, <clears throat> the extended with, like, the intro and the outro is, like, six minutes long. Because it's an actual song with two different drops and big breaks and big whatever, which is how probably... When did you come into EDM and like that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I started listening to like UKF in high school, so I was like 20 yeah. and 10. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like around the same era when songs were still songs and you had the big breaks and you're at the festivals with the big chords and like whatever. Like my favorite moments and memories of EDM was like those big jaws like saw chords where it's like no 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 and the lights in your everyone's like ah, going crazy 
So I try to emulate that here. Like I always uh, joke about like a lot of the remixes I do. They're all songs that I love. Um, sometimes I can't listen to the original after making it just cause like, and crazy too, like I did Motley Crue and like, Sick. yeah, Motley Crue, that was the first one for, uh, you know, when I started doing this whole kind of push towards rock music that I like. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I love how it turned out. Like if people have the attention span for it, like if they hear that's actually a real song, I think, uh, you know, they'll do well. Um, what do we call this genre wise? Would it be bass house? Would it be like, yeah, it's yeah. mainly bass house. Like, I mean, by the traditional sense, when I knew what bass house, what it was, you go on like B port bass, bass house is like one bass shot and then a tech house like song. Um, mm. And I'm not trying to be that guy, but like back in my day, we called it the house. Um, but, but yeah, like it's bass house. And honestly, like I always just say, I make bass house bangers. Like I make songs for festivals, for like the club. Like you won't understand it until you feel it like hanging your chest, you know? And so, and my manager actually said that. He's like, you know, one time during my set, he's like, all your songs fucking go so hard. And I didn't understand it until literally now, like your songs are built for these rooms and these big arenas and stuff. And so and that's where I project myself going. So I got to make the shit, you know, to match it. And um, yeah. How do you feel about <clears throat> like when you're producing something in your room mm -hmm. and you're trying to translate that to <clears throat> the final destination of like it being in a big room? I mean, well, I mean, no one's ever asked me that before. So that's actually really cool. Um, We'll see. So, I mean, I make a lot of my music, honestly, just on my laptop, like staying on the couch in my bedroom or, you know, wherever, like I'm saying. What do there. you use? Uh, Logic. <laughs> Not GarageBand anymore? <laughs> I upgraded to the kick-ass GarageBand. And let me tell you, any producers out there who make electronic music, if you're really patient and you want to make your life harder, go to Logic Pro. Um, I'm in too deep. I refuse to learn something new at Ableton. Everyone's like, why don't you get Ableton, bro? Why don't you get it? It's so much easier? I'm like, yeah, it is easier. But I said before, I like to make things harder for myself. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I wouldn't say it's like easier. I feel like Ableton <clears throat> looks like daunting. It, it, like it just it does. It, it looks, looks like a gray confusing. graveyard yeah. of death and sadness. Um, it really does. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, no. So like Logic was built originally for like live music. So like it's incredible at like processing like vocals and guitars, like real guitars and drums why I said electronic producers, that's very easy to get into. Like you just drag and drop a sample, boom, it comes out with sounds where it's like logic, even though it's gotten a lot better since I've been in it, uh, is not fully built for the electronic music, which like is so easy in Ableton, you're just like boop, and then you're just like boop, drag something, where it's like I have to click 10 buttons to do the same thing for whatever, which is fine. You know, at this point I'm pretty like fluent with it. Um, but yeah, logic. So like for those chords, for example, like that's why, that's where Logic like kicks ass where it's like, it sounds good. Like on that's stock, you know, like stock uh, synthesizers and pianos and basses. Um, but yeah. But you produce predominantly like laptop. <clears throat> yeah, laptop and like, like headphones. Headphones, yep. Um, if she's not there, if Gracie's not there, uh, I will put on the computer speakers. Um, but I'm always envisioning like when I DJ, right? <clears throat> Like the moments that the room is going crazy and like I'm imagining like CO2 cannons and like, you know, fireworks on the flames. Like I'm always making my music like I'm playing it there. Um, I mean, and I think you could probably you could probably tell that because um, like it's like 
real intense you know it sounds like festival music yeah, yeah yeah and so like it's built for that stage you know because that's where i plan on being that's where i'm going like that's the whole the whole point i do this you know and like what i loved most about edm i didn't understand edm until i went and saw it live and i was like oh shit i think that's how a <clears throat> lot of people are that they just like they have a preconceived notion like all the these robot fucking music. ravers <laughs> yeah. yeah all right you listen to optimus prime like <laughs> Decepticon dubstep bitch exactly (laughs) Um, and then and then you go and i mean there are people that are like that yeah that are like kind of dead like they've taken too many drugs whatever but like there's a lot of really good well there's i i love edm solely because of how it made me feel like i'm a social person but i would not say i uh, fit in with any group like i was always a circle peg in a square hole like i fit but I'm not gaining everything I need all the time. And so sometimes you can feel really like, I don't know, incomplete a little bit sometimes or like you're not understood. And what EDM was, was like, I'm just in the crowd jamming. They're like, yo, what's up, bro? Nice shirt. And they're like raging hard. And like everyone's raging. So like there are the rave bros and like I get that. The frat bros who are going through crowds and just be like, yeah, bro, beers. And like game fights and stuff. But like a lot of EDM, it's built off of the people that like, you know, weren't accepted. And so like, they just want to have a good time and just be themselves. And so like, I found it in the EDM community. Oh God. (laughs) You're good. Um, You're good. This table's about to fight me. (laughs) Um, Table's held up by toothpicks. But yeah, I've never, I've never felt more accepted, especially in my twenties when you're kind of like figuring out who you are and like, you know, I'm overseas and coming back and like, you know, going to festivals in the summer, it's a weird spot, you know? And so when you go there and then like you have this, incredible love and energy there everyone wants to be there they're not like oh this music fucking sucks blah blah yeah i'm just here for <clears throat> being a scenester like yeah. techno snob no i'm sorry techno stops <laughs> we love you, you. um <laughs> but like that's what's cool about it there's a place for everyone there and so like you know i make music because i want people to feel what i felt you know which is whether you're gay, straight, black, white, alien, whatever, like during my set outside of that hour, nothing else matters except the what's right here and you're accepted if you want to be here and if you don't want to be here, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, and then I remember it's like people being nice at these festivals for no reason. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like, why are they so nice? Um, festivals just have like midwest charm somehow yeah, it's like, like it's even, all no like, matter where it's, you go it's all like the iowa old super uh was a superstore lady you know whatever like a super target being like oh hi hon you have fun everything okay like oh my god yes i did thank you like that's the energy and like it was very foreign because i was not used to gain that back um and then when you hear the music in your chest like the sub and like the visuals all at once I was just like, yeah, this is like it. Like that's. <laughs> I feel like this song also is like a nice homage to like the angstiness of like yeah. not fitting in, yeah, and then combining that with the, the yeah. festival EDM thing. I mean, like to me, it's like I have two sides to me, right? Like I am very uh, <clears throat> nice and kind and whatever, and like there's the other side of me, which is like, you know, the 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 turning on you know the, like the torque the torque and like you know doing what i need to do like an aggressive side that's like kind of scary sometimes you know like or whatever like you know the darkness the depression whatever like those sides both exist to me and so in a lot of my songs like i want to represent that you know it's like yeah like i just want to rage randomly in the middle of the song and build up and it's like but still as a whole beautiful a pretty song a deep song 
you know, with one moment of rage and it comes around, you know, full circle into melodic. And so I like that you said that. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, dude, it is super cool. I'm curious what like kind of the future game plan for Flynn Nino is both like logistically <clears throat> planning and getting yeah, different spots at different shows. Yeah. And then also sound palette wise, like, <clears throat> are we going to stick to this? I mean, I know you have you know like this x medius release which is basically dubstep i was yeah. listening to yeah and we can talk about x medius as well yeah, whatever. but like you know like what's the plan yeah what's the plan <clears throat> so the plan for me really is like i'm not the local dj i'm an artist you know um i and really like i've lucked out that like a lot of the city sees me that way now too um it's kind of hard when you come up here and they see you they always remember you as like that little boy who was djing his first gig or whatever um, but yeah, I mean, the focus is through the music. And so like, once I'm not playing every club, cause I'm not playing every club anymore. I'm like making a lot more music. I'm focusing on the shows and, you know, it's really harnessing in on like my brand, which is like, you know, our branding wise anyways, the look, I don't care about the brand stuff, but it's all in black and white and, you know, staying true to that. I noticed the black and white. Yeah. Um, I noticed what was the intention, but you just like the black and white. I, like I, black I fuck and white. with it. I like the black and white. Um, go to his Instagram. You'll see. Yeah, black it's and all white. black and white with dashes of red. Um, <clears throat> Same punk. Uh, who he he made like the first like bass house rock remix I heard. Um, during the first ever show I played as an artist, Valentino Con Concord, and I played the Nirvana. She opened up behind you. It's okay. Get in um, there. Yeah. I was playing at Concord, crack. and I remember like I was like killing it, but I was told like, hey, don't go too hard, you know, because you're the opener, blah blah. And I was like new, so I was just like, okay. And then I accidentally played the Nirvana <laughs> remix that you had. It goes hard. And the room went fucking ballistic. And I was like, wait. And I didn't even know I had that song in there. So it's kind of like, there's a lot that goes back in there. Like, what? I don't even know how I got there. Whatever. But I played it and I was like, oh my God. Like, that's what I like. Like, I like rock music. Like, I like the the bangers. And I love Bass House, you know? Um, <clears throat> so for a while, it's been that. And honestly, like, that's, I'm going to be staying with that you know, intermittently now. Um, the main focus I think now is like, you know, there's the two sides, like the rock side or whatever, but there's also the EDM side. So like, I like the melodic, I like the hard. And I think that that balance is always really hard to strike. So I think this year I'm really gonna start, you know, just really going for the melodic into the hard, keeping the hard drops. Cause I, I wanna rage, I wanna rage always. Then it's bass house forever until it's not. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but like, really harnessing in on like, I want you to cry, I want you to rage, because I remember going to festivals and like these beautiful songs with these wicked drops and I'm just head banging and all of a sudden I'm crying and I don't know what's going on. Like, I love that. And I feel like a lot of EDM has lost that. Mm, um, like it's just drop to <clears throat> drop to drop. Well, yeah, and honestly the music, like a lot of artists are being forced into doing shit that they don't wanna do for trends or whether they're taking the trend like hey good for you i am not that person i think we've established that <laughs> what's like a trend right now that you think is tech house kind of all tech house tech house remixes of songs that don't need to be remixed or like you know what i mean like also it's so easy <clears throat> uh, well i hate you yeah, know it, no, it, it, it is it is it is easy to make you know yeah um well and i feel like a, like i like a lot of the tech house yeah uh remixes but you can tell when a tech house remix is like soulless yeah literally like we threw the acapella on top of it and yeah. then grabbed the tech house pack yeah and just we're good and like and to me there's not if that's what you want god bless like 
I, I really am not the person to say like what's right and what's wrong. Like, is it wrong if an artist takes a trend? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know either. I mean, to me, it's like, if that's who you are, okay, I fuck with that. If it's not, then it's like, ah. That's a real thing. Like, when I think about people who just, like, really love Top 40, I'm like, yeah, God bless. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. And, like, I used to be such a, I was a techno stop for Bass House. I was like, you don't fuck with Bass House, then get the fuck out. But, uh, but no, the moment I realized, like, okay, well, look at Bass House now. There's, like, 10 of us making Bass House. Like, real Bass House. Like, myself, uh, I mean, same punk, Martin Garrix sometimes, like Julian Jordan sometimes, and Tiesto sometimes. So like, it's I'm in that realm where it's like, I just want to make the shit I want to make. And because everything's cyclical, you know, like people are in the tech house now with the open format hip hop acapellas. And that's really an homage to the DJs. It's the easiest way to build a following when every DJ is looking for the edit of the, the song that's in, you know? Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. To me, I could never be that. So it's like, I'm really just embracing the changes. And honestly, I don't think you could stay static either. Like if I wanted to pivot and make the straight progressive house, I would, and I will, and I wouldn't care if anyone liked it because I have to like it, <clears throat> you know? So to make it. Yeah. Well, to make it, and honestly, like what's the point of doing it if I, if I don't like it, you know, like I remix songs I like, like I remix the one four, uh, I sent you one, that one, right? Whatever. Oh, we'll listen to that. Yeah. That song is my favorite song. <clears throat> and it's we saw those a uh, whole documentary on this like Australian drill group that basically is being discriminated against in Australia so much so like they came up with Kid Leroy and everything like they're very plugged, they're very known. And it's almost like racism from the police to black people here is the same as racism uh from police to the Samoan population and the Polynesian population in Australia. Um and it was just like we were watching, Gracie and I were watching it um, in like tears. We were like, dude, this is so fucked. And it really hit something with me. And they make like hard drill music. And I was like, yo, this shit's fire too. So I found the song that I liked the most. I heard it in the documentary and I was like, I could do something so cool with that. Just cause I wanted to, I really respected what they were doing. You know, it's like, if I can find a way to play that shit that I really fuck with and you know, their message and put it in mind that will immediately. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean the focus will always be you know on shit. I like harder rock tracks most of the time, but eventually you got to stay a rock star. Yeah, well I'm forever a rock you can't, star. You can't just, <laughs> you can't like go acoustic set. Yeah, I mean rock star. But like you know like well, I was gonna say this. I feel like the kids won't understand this reference. Brett Rose, uh, every rose has a thorn, whatever something like that. Like. I'm open for growing wherever. Like I've released progressive house tracks on Hexagon and like, I love those songs. You know, like if, if I love it, I'll make it, I'll drop it. Dubstep track on next medias. I'm not a dubstep artist per se. I mean, I make wicked dubstep, but I just felt it and I wanted to make it. So I'll always make what I want to make with focus on bass house. But at some point, like, you know, the focus is on the originals. Like to me, like I want to keep creating shit alongside these remixes, you know, that, that's me and that's mine you know and i've lucked out that i've i think i understand the balance this year that i want to go for which is like one in one you know just like make something you like that everyone will download for free or whatever not download for free just like remix something that's cool that's not mine keep my brain fresh and like how would i do it differently and then create something that is mine fully so a good diet of remixes <clears throat> originals and yeah wherever I mean, your heart takes you i think uh what a remix also does, as at least for me as a producer, it keeps me 
like respectful of other people's crafts and everything. So it's like, you'll hear something like, wow, that's so fucking cool. Um, and kind of like when you're in your own thing all the time, listening to only your music all the time, like you are not creative or not as creative, sorry. And you also can just kind of become like obsessed with your shit or hate it. You know, like I can't listen to some of these songs. Like I've heard this song in the past week making this cover art hundred times and so it's like i'm not gonna listen to it at all until it comes out i'll listen to it once and then i won't listen to it until i play it out um and that's to protect me from that but yeah i'm healthy to have it of both i think just because i make really good you know music and like it's mine <laughs> so at the end of the day as long as i fuck with it i don't care you know like i hope other people fuck with it and if it does like i'm really glad if it doesn't then okay it's cool yeah yeah i feel that man i feel like that's the thing that all the 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 execs and stuff are like you got to just keep making that stuff that's going to make us money well like, yeah and that's that's our job like to me like the this remix right here like my my beautiful girlfriend gracie our third chair she's samoan um and, you know and so like it hit home really really hard like for her especially and like to me it's like i love her and it's like she's connecting with like her heritage of being samoan and like connecting like that i'm sitting there like if that was like our kids like i would be like gutted and destroyed and so the best way i can show like love and respect to that is through my music you know so it's like yeah bring it into the flanino yeah. world it's like it's like hey i hear you guys i'm about to play your shit my way but just like you know know that it's like it's going somewhere like to me that's how music can be transformative and like when you hear a banger song uh jack harlow loving on me for example every D dj will remix that because people like with like it and they connect with it and so all they're doing is like, yeah, like I see, I see you, Jack, you know, whatever. And so I think it's, uh, when I can do it for things that are meaningful to me like that. And like something like this, like no one here will know what, who one four is unless you're like a drill God. Um, well actually shout out to the South side of Chicago drill. There we go. They but will, the, but they this will know. Is, from what I heard from this one, it's like more the UK <clears throat> drill, which was yeah. influenced by yeah. Chicago, Chicago drill. drill. Yeah. And like, I didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't even know. I knew drill had started here, but not like. I didn't know that then the UK and Australia took it to like their drill and make it theirs because I don't know. I mean, like I grew up in Chicago in the suburbs and stuff, but like I knew rap and like juke and like, you know, I was like house music. But when you see this, like, oh, I have a connection to this too. Like I'm from the city that literally was like drill. Here you go. Send it out. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It becomes like a thing that's like a moment of time and memory and, you know. This it, is it kind of comes full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, wow, we are on the preachy uh, talk today. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm in a good mood, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run this one. Yeah.
Cause I can go any day Cops just want me in chains Smoke that cush for the pain Looking back at them days in the yard Like I was front line in the main Fuck that cop, just blow them away Bang it, throw that blow in the drain Now like, don't say too much on the bone Cause I don't want these feds knowing my name You know, like I, I, I've done hip hop, you know, and like and drill shit in my songs before. Um, so, but like the drill, like I took those drums on the original, and like you know reworked them, um, and like yeah, I'm the rock star, but I'm also like I want to be a rap star <laughs> too or a drill star, you know, just like this is an energy thing, you know, and so like to me it's like. Oh, I thought he's a rock star. Like, it doesn't fit within the brand that he's doing a drill song. Like, no, it's just fucking good music. And, um, like, we were talking about trends earlier. I think when trends are really cool is when you can take that and make it work for you in your way that's different, okay? So, like, in bass music, right now, in last year, like, uh, the build-up comes, and it's about to go to drop. They drop the drums, it's like, for me, it's like dun, 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 late dun, drop dun, action. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, like that's a trend. Then you, know? you bring in the hats. <clears throat> yeah, like that's a trend. And I've done that before in songs. They've been around forever, but it's like everywhere now in yeah, every genre yeah. now. Like that's a trend. Like, and I like it in this song. You know, in other songs I don't. Um, but yeah, like I took that trend and made it work for me. And I think it's when it's useful and like, you know, like you want to know who the master like of that is. It's like someone Justin Bieber. We'll hop on anything. He's like, let's make a house track. Let's make an Afro beat track or Diplo. You know, Diplo went and made a whole country album, you know? Um, and so I think like that's when it's cool. Like you can't be locked in one way forever. Like I love drill. I mean, after that movie and everything too, like I love drill. Um, and so if I find more drill I like, I would do it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I want to use the platform to, you know, play shit I like, do something different. And if, like if I'm the only bass house guy in the world, and God bless. Like, I will die in this fucking mountain because I just love it. It's the music that I can feel the most and it's fast and it's groovy. I love house. I love dub, everything, so. Speaking yeah. of energy, like, I feel like you, I've never seen you live, but from social media. I sweat a lot. You're, no, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that the energy is just like, it seems like you keep it torqued the whole time. Like yeah. gun fingers up, fucking going hard. What do you think of like, do you think about it consciously while you're on stage to bring that energy to the crowd? I think I'm very, con well, yes. I mean, like to me, I want my music, I want you to feel something. You know, like a lot of music, you just don't feel shit anymore. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, it's like they transitioned to the <laughs> and next you're like, song. And you're like, sick. Um, but yeah, and so 
as you can tell, I'm a spaz. Um, they, I'm sorry. My ADHD has been insane today. I don't know what it is, no matter what. Um, but yeah, like I want to bring that all the time. And to me, that's genuinely who I am. Like this is the one thing where it's like, I don't have to be anything but myself. With, with this especially, uh, since I started doing music and DJing, like I'm accepted for me. And if I'm not, there's someone out there who will. You know, I found her. There's one. And you, there's two. Um, so like, to me, it's like, I want to express that authenticity and like, that's why I only make music that I like or like play the shit I want to play because it's like, if I like it, you can feel that. Um, if I'm just playing the cheese, cause I need to play a cheese and get the crowd going. What's the cheese? Like the, the <clears throat> cheat code? Like, you know, it's going to like be good. Like, uh, well, I'm, what kind of cheese are we talking about here? Well, I, I don't think this is like. <laughs> really cheese i mean this would be the hardest cheese ever like mobamba when i do open format sets you throw that bitch on everyone's going i got hoes like going crazy but like you know right now it'd be like yeah yeah it's like off with your heads roll the heads will roll or whatever like that's cheese now and like unless it's my remix you know and i can my edit you i'm know? trying to get down to the epistemology <clears throat> where does cheese come from um <laughs> this is when we France. need someone to look it up <clears throat> yeah. but uh <laughs> but yeah you know like the shit that everyone knows that you know like gimme gimme uh like gimme gimme yeah 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 that is the cheese where it's like an open format like that's a tool you can use where it's like if the energy's dying and like you need to keep it going play that or play Mo Bamba or whatever like but if you do it strategically as an artist what I was gonna say when you first asked the question is I'm very conscious of energy whether it's theirs whether it's mine <clears throat> so like and as a performer too like you have to know how to especially in my genre if I go 130 BPM the entire time 128 BPM people are sweating you know and so you have to have the lulls to bring it down and that's where I think like the melodic music can come in where it's like you've been going hard, you've been going hard, and then it's just like, and then you have like a moment to interact with the crowd and like they have a moment to breathe because you know it's a bass house, it's hard and it's fast. So like if you're not in shape and you're drinking alcohol and you're getting late in the club or like at the festival, you're gonna need a break and like you can feel it, you know, like as a DJ, like if you're conscious and aware, like I can feel if the crowd is really fucking my music or not. And for the most part, when I'm confident in myself, like it doesn't matter. Like I know how to get them where they need to be feeling good in a way that I feel good too. Um, and that that's taken time. That's taken years to really kind of like understand that balance. And sometimes there's been sets where everyone's like, you did so amazing. And I know I played all the stuff they wanted to hear and I just hated it, but I did my job, you know? <clears throat> um, so yeah, I try to bring authenticity and be consciously aware, like see what's working, what's not. Like I have a, normally I'll like have a, for my sets, 80 songs or whatever, like that I could pick from, um, and just kind of like gauge where the crowd is in order to go from where they are to bring them where I want them to be. Um, and yeah, the easiest way to do that is by immediately bringing yourself, you know, that's like the number one thing. If I'm not energetic playing bass house, you're gonna be like, if I was playing bass house, like you'd be like, this guy is fucking weird or he's on a Xanax or something, jeez. Speaking of uh, d drugs at uh, concerts, you ever just, 
like you're feeling the energy of the room and there's the one guy that's just like that guy's on stimulants like that guy i can see it in his eyes he's fucking lit and i appreciate his energy but like that guy is going the hardest he is forever my favorite person on the dance floor yeah just kidding don't do drugs unless you're safe of course do whatever you want i don't care be safe but like isn't that just a funny experience where you did you ever do you ever like see it and you're like i know yeah i'm like well so it's really funny i always think it's like as djs especially when you're on the stage and you're looking out it's like a room is on fire and you're watching people just like you know react differently it's like a nature show yeah i'm just like i'm like oh like that guy looks really weird like oh he's kind of creepy or like that dude's about it that dude's about it and like oh like there's like the guy who didn't think he would get the girl and he did and i'm like fuck yeah bro let's go let me help you <clears throat> yeah it's like no 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 shout yeah. out to my man out there um <clears throat> but yeah no like it's just it's honestly i love just observing while i'm up there um it sucks because then i have to dj i remember after dj i'm like oh fuck I have a transition but yeah i always think of like the chaos the chaos is cool you know like i've seen people seen people very drunk just on their last legs being brought back to life by my set and they're like they're like thanks bro i'm like yeah, what's like you. the wildest shit like have you seen someone <clears throat> like stretchered out like do you yeah, stop the set um, <laughs> like, i don't think yeah i don't think i have um i like to me like obviously if you see it like the biggest thing i can do is just cut the music and be like that guy you know that guy needs help <laughs> yeah you know um i think <laughs> if you're there that's the first thing you would do um you know but at the end of the day like yeah i mean we all gotta be safe you know so like especially up there like in edm especially um because i was a formerly a very heavy user of drugs at one point so i've been the raver in the crowd uh you know you can do it safely <clears throat> and if you do it safely and like you're good that's great like i remember we played uh north coast past year not this year but the one before um played a set on the main stage played silent disco <laughs> shout out to peter and annie my parents we're at the silent disco and all these people are just in the sun on astroturf listening to our silent disco set and i'm just looking I'm like they need fucking water and like you know at festivals you're like ten dollars for water it's like ridiculous if you want bottled water and there's all this artist water behind us. And so I look at my mom and dad. I'm like, hey, start hanging out the waters. And they're like, hanging out water, everyone. And I again, like the mic, I'm like, shout out to my parents. Hanging out water, everyone. And like, everyone was going crazy. And like, you know, that's my job. It's a hot day. You know, I don't want you dying to hear my music. I need you alive so you can buy my music and support me financially. Obviously. That AstroTurf Astro <clears throat> is hot. I saw yeah. Jay Willie at North Coast Ooh. and I was like, hot yeah peak hour like and so i think like you know to me it's like we got in trouble <laughs> by the people the stage manager it's like that was for everybody blah 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 or like everyone as the artist i'm like do you think an artist is gonna drink those 20 cases of water or are you for real do you want your artist to have a good set and feel good at the silent disco i'll fight you i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> fight them but like you know it's like to me it's like we have genuine people who still are friends with us because of that day you know i gave him water gracie gave him water my parents gave him water sherman gave him water and like that's what it's about that's what i love about this shit like i can do whatever i want as a dj i do the shit like hand out the water and everyone's like oh he's dj so cool he's probably got bottled water blah blah dude's probably got so much water back there that's sick <laughs> he's like he's got all the water but it's like it's like i see you dying i'm like i'm a i'm a normal person i'm just like do you need water like you good and they're like oh my god thank you so much that's what it's about man you know, yeah. save space for everybody and have a good time. Like, you can't have a good time if we're not alive or struggling, you know? 
but yeah, uh, there's a lot that goes on at the festivals, and then you know, just always be safe. That's it. Yeah. For real, for real. Um, someone that was brought up a lot in this conversation is Joyride. <clears throat> well, you know, where is he? What's going on? His last Bro, album, Brave, me? was fire. <clears throat> um, you know, I think he, to me, he's inspired my sound. Like, he's the reason why I love Bass House. I mean, like him and an OG Jaws before he's decided to do what he is doing now, which is very soul crushing. And Jaws is <clears throat> from this area. Yeah, Joyride's from the UK. So Joyride was a, a drum and bass guy before. Um, yeah, I don't know. And so, like, to me, it's like, it makes what I do harder <laughs> because it's like, you know, there's not a lot of bass house right now, but like there's only a couple people who can make the really good shit that's bass house that would inspire me. Um, and so like when he released the album Brave, he just gotten done with like a, a back surgery, like spinal fractures or whatever. And, you know, he still plays shows and everything, but I think he's one of those artists that's like album, like here's an album, you know, and it's very rare nowadays where it's like, single single oh here's the ep or here's a single and here's another single and here's another single he strikes me very much as not like when i've seen of him in interviews and like the way he plays like the way he releases music like he thinks about everything and is telling the story like the brave album is all about how he basically almost died and was what? Do, do you know <clears throat> what happened I, I think he know. got in an accident or something and yeah. like basically like spread uh fractured a bunch of his spine vertebrae. He has like two bolts through his back. Yeah, the the album cover. <clears throat> yeah. If you look it up. I mean, go check out that album. It's like fantastic. Yeah. Um and so like I feel like kind of when you're playing everywhere like that, it's like one that's going to be a recovery. It like just go out. I think my light went out. It's okay. Okay, we're going. Honestly, like I feel like I look kind of good without that light out. Yeah. Welcome to 69.9. <laughs> this is after dark now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so like to me that I am always like, when is this motherfucker gonna release something? And like he's not on the socials a whole lot, or whatever, because he's kind of at that point is like where you know the Chamis, the mm. the 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 Joyrides, the uh, I'm trying to think who else came up there, like the Jaws, like if those dudes didn't want to release anything ever, they could still tour forever, <clears throat> you know. Um, and so I think for him, like, you know, he just wants to make shit he likes. And I've always seen that. Because I remember, like, dude, <laughs> first time I'm at Spring Awakening uh, as a DJ, I'm going to see Joyride for the second time. So hype. And there's, like, barely anyone there for a set. It was kind of rainy. But, you know, his DJing is going to build up. I'm like, oh, it's going to be crazy. And yeah, I think he threw up the wrong channel because nothing played, you know. He threw up the wrong channel. He's switching it real quick. He gets on the mic. He's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like Guys, I'm really sorry, but that transition is fucking sick. Can I go back and do it again? The crowd's like, yeah. Like, people love that, you know? Like, the honesty, the whatever. And that's why, like, from that moment, I was like, I, this guy is God, you know, to me. He makes the music, and on top of that, he's a great, he's an incredible DJ. And he kind of... You can have a flub like that yeah. and just own it. And then you just ask, 100%. hey, guys, can I do that again? Can I have one more try? Like, to me, and that's that's insane. Like, and to me, I've done that before. Like, uh, Concord, um, I was back to back with Max Chico's and first ever sold out show I played in my life. And I'm DJing my cousin Max and it's going great. Like, we are running the room and they opened doors an hour early because it was sold out that hard. All of a sudden, you know, like I bring in the song, it goes and plays, and the room is rocking, it's electric, and then the music stops. Mm. And it's a full room, and we're sitting up there, and we're both like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, 
whatever. And so I'm like, Max, get a song going. Cause they're like, hey, one of the things died. Like just play it on the other channel, we'll get back. And then so Max plays the song again, the mic like, hey guys, we have no idea what the fuck just happened there. <laughs> but uh, if you don't mind, we'd love to keep like partying with you. And I thought back to that moment of joy and the whole crowd was like, yeah, go for Christmas. And so to me, like, I don't know, what, wouldn't you want to do that? You know, where it's like, you can just be normal and like have a good time. Like, so yeah. People uh, make mistakes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so like to me, it's like, that's why EDMs are out, you know, it's weird, it's different. Yeah, it might sound weird sometimes, but we're all people at the end of the day, you know, and like DJs especially, are especially, there's that pressure to be perfect all the time. Like if I'm feeling down, I will play like I'm down because I'm a person. And like, yeah, you know, I try to turn it on, but like, I will never be disingenuine because music is the one thing that allowed me to be genuine, you know, and to never have to worry about, oh, I'm not going to impress my father. Oh, I'm not going to, I don't have the white picket fence with the nine to five, you know, like I'm fucking up my life, which was very much not from my family ever, but like I know from former friends, you know, who were like, oh, see DJ, what else do you, what, like, what do you really do though? And so all of that building into the moment where I can finally just enjoy the moment, however I am, like, if I'm feeling it, like I am now in this podcast, like I'm feeling it, I'm there, I'm amped and I'm feeling it. And like, if I'm down, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm a little sad, but I'll still be moving because I fucking love the music. It's kind of like when you're mad, but someone does something really nice for you and you'll be like, thanks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know that feeling. <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad you're feeling it. I'm all, that just kind of brought up like a worst technical difficulty. Would that have been the worst technical difficulty <clears throat> at a show? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, like I, so <laughs> there's two types of way you can react to that, which is one, the way Max reacted, which was, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And rightfully so, because internally I'm like screaming. I'm like, ah. And that that's not your fault, like <clears throat> no, if the channel yeah. died. <clears throat> yeah. But then like in that moment, I don't know, I just started laughing because it's like, isn't it crazy how in the biggest show I've played so far, it's sold out, everything's going incredible. It just dies. I'm just like, I laughed because I'm like, I'm like, this is great that I get to have this moment and remember it and be like, yeah, that was funny. And so like in that moment, it's like, that's my moment with everyone there, you know? And they'd be like, oh, remember that one DJ who was like, hey guys, don't know what the fuck happened there. He was kind of cute. And he would- We liked but him. But he was a great, yeah, we liked him because he's a person or whatever, you know? Like that's what this is for. And so, but that, like that, hmm. I don't think I've actually had another one that bad. It, that was terrifying. So it's like, imagine a room full of people and you're standing up there just like, you <laughs> raised above everyone and they were like, what the fuck? <clears throat> yeah. That's, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough, man. Well, yo, we've been going for a minute. I know, I talked I, I'm sorry. No, that, dude, honestly, you know, you make my job a lot easier. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Sometimes you get the producer who's uh, very introverted. Yeah. Which is also fun to talk to, but. I only know zero. <laughs> yeah, they only know serum, and you're like, so tell me about your life. And they're like, Great. well, my life is serum, so sorry. <laughs> serum is life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually have never done this before, but I forgot to ask you my um, icebreaker question, oh. which is also um, something we bring up at the end of the show. So we'll just go back to back, and we'll do them right now. Okay. Um, the icebreaker question is, what was your first concert that you attended? <clears throat> Oh, this is epic. Um, sh also, shout out to my parents once again, Peter and Annie. Uh, Your parents sound very supportive. My I'll just say my that. My dad was a rock star. My mom would, like, would party with the Bulls players back in the day. Beautiful people. Like, 
Scotty Pippen trying to take my mom and her friend back, you know, on the on the third cell phone he had. Like Scotty Pippen's a real freak, <clears throat> I've heard. Not in a bad way. Just but like but like you know freaky. she was like also a flight attendant, saw a lot of the world. So I think like, you know, I I'm really fortunate that um I have very supportive parents, like through soccer, through whatever, like they take the time to get to know what I'm doing. My mom finally knows the difference between tech house and base house, which was a score, which which took a painfully long amount of time. But like I know a lot of people's parents wouldn't support them in this. And like, luckily since Gracie's been in my life too, like she's really helped them understand the gravity of like, this show's important. This show is like, oh, whatever. Like, or hey, you need to be here. This is when it is taking care of the, like their guest list, whatever. And I don't know, to me, it's like, if I can bring my parents on like a solo stage at like fucking Tomorrowland with her and like our one-year-old baby and hold them up like, uh, uh Savannah, like Lion, Some King. Lion King shit. Like that's what, you know, I want to share those moments with because like those people invested in me. And so like, to me, it's like, I want to give back. And the only way I can is like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that Getting cool. Getting that backstage well, VIP. Well, it's just like, I want to bring them on stage and say, thank you. You know, like, and to me, it's like, I want them to see and share you know, like they were at uh, the show Armin Van Buren. My dad's like crying because I'm playing up on a hill plus blue And like uh, the Swedish House Mafia, like, like, and uh, talk, talk, I can't even talk now. I'm getting taken back. It's like the emotional part of like that. It's like, I love my family. They're very supportive. They do that. Um, anyways, they took me to my first ever concert, uh, Naperville Rib Fest. If you've never been, I don't know. Do they still do that? Not, I've never heard of it, but it sounds lit. Yeah, so like I'm pretty sure they had like Pitbull last year as like their Sick. headliner. Mr. Worldwide, nice. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. Damn, um, <clears throat> they got Pitbull. Yeah, well, it's like um, imagine the age demographic is like 30 year olds with families and like 40 year olds and up. Uh, so when I was this woman when I was in elementary school, middle school, my parents took us and they had heart playing like oh, uh nice. barracuda ooh, and it was just mental and they were yeah and bro and like hard. my little brother and i had like playing guitar hero all week all like the hard songs to like get amped and rave for it and uh it was like insane and like i think from that point on like music just kind of became really really important to me because i mean even growing up my, my dad did music um you <clears throat> said he was a rock star yeah he uh had long hair the bad big old hair he had a purple suit he'd wear me you know he performed and stuff and um swag yeah he's in logic you know he's the one he's the reason why i have logic and everything um i i give him plugins now so which it worked out um but yeah from that point on like i think right there you could see like the rock influence and like the appreciation of like real greats like heart will forever be two of the first rock acts women who were just fucking insanely good and they were incredible live at like old, they're like older women, you know, at that point in time, past their career. And they could still the notes. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. That's dope. What about you? That's dope. My first concert was The Fray, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I always say this, that uh, my first concert was supposed to be Fall Out Boy. Uh, but my mom was like, yeah, like it's not going like, to happen. She's like, you're not old enough for Fall Out Boy. Have you tried Fray? <laughs> yeah exactly she was like the fray might be more up your alley um but yeah so that was was my, it good it was good they, it was at good uh, performers northerly island um how old were you okay go open for them too here we go here they we didn't go here have we... the treadmills <laughs> i would be so pissed yeah they didn't have they didn't them. have it's, the... it's okay i forgot no it's not <laughs> yeah but <laughs> wow um, what a first concert so, yeah not a great first concert but um anyway I, that's what i got um 
but so I didn't mean to laugh that hard. No, 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 not the answer I was expecting at all. It's a it's, it's a good concert though. It's like one of those things where like my OCD brain is like it should have not been like that, but <laughs> it it's almost like a lesson for me cuz it teaches me like you don't really have control like that. <laughs> like you just you got what you got. Yeah. So Yeah. It's okay. Just enjoy it still. Yeah, it was yeah. I was a I, good. I remember it was wicked loud. I was like, "Holy shit, I've never been to a live concert." And I was like, "This is you're Like my ears hurt, insane. mom." Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, so the the wrap up wrap up question you know, we talked about your first concert, mm -hmm. but what was your most game-changing, impactful concert that you have been to? Where been were, to? Where you were just like... <clears throat> a fan. Yeah, and you were just like, wow. Hmm. Mm. Obviously, the first concert is like <clears throat> normally pretty impactful. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm so thrown off because I think when you see a concert now, especially being an artist, it's like it's honestly just as important because it's like, it's really hard for me to go see people perform. Um, and not like analyze yeah, everything. The, uh, well, no, the last one, the last one we, last concert I went to was the Elenium. Um, she loves Elenium. And when I played North Coast, uh, we had gone too hard and we decided right before Elenium is gonna go on to leave. And Gracie doesn't let me talk about it because she she was like, I don't even want to think like it happened because she'd been talking the entire year about seeing Elenium after. So we went and saw him and it was with, uh, um, what is the rock band? Oh, I Prevail. And she didn't tell me. She didn't tell me. Like, I, I love I Prevail. It's like the newest, like, Linkin Park kind of stuff. And they do some incredible, like, metal, like, EDM crunch shit. And so we get there and she surprised me. She's like, Oh, I'm like, who's after the opener? She's like, oh, I prevail. I'm like, I prevails here? Like, what the fuck? And it was incredible from like opener to closer. Lenium was insane. I mean, I prevail was just like mental and like where's in the crowd raging. We went to Jay Willie. Oh, really? We did, nice. uh, we did Shout out Jay Willie. We did a shoey there together. First and last shoey I will ever do. Oh boy, a festival shoey sounds <laughs> even worse. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, I feel like it's what makes it so cringe is that I was sober. And I suggested we do it. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> let's do a shoot. Wait, what provoked you? Uh, I just wanted to share a moment with Jay Willie. Love Jay Willie. That is something you won't forget. <clears throat> no. uh, and for people who yeah. don't know what a shoey is, you pour do one right liquids. Now. Have you done one? I have done one, unfortunately. <laughs> Gracie, do you want to do one? I'll do one. I don't, my shoes, I, I don't, don't want to ruin them. I don't want to ruin them. But uh, you know what? We should do a shoey at some point. Yeah. I've never done a shoey on a podcast. <laughs> I want to make you do that. It's disgusting. Okay, okay. But but yeah, the concert was incredible. And honestly, like it, that concert for me, um, I think I was kind of like in a low at that point, just personally with music, whatever. But uh, the, the blend of the melodic and then the rage and whatever, I was like, that is the feeling that I've been missing that I want to take back. So that's always the two things. I want the beauty and I want the pain. Um, and we had so much fun. We were like, I, I don't get drunk up very often, but I was hammered at the end of that because it was just so cool. It was the shoey, dude. <laughs> the shoey had some extra <clears throat> chemicals from the yeah. shoe. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. Also, the shoey, you drink from a shoe. Yeah. Just in case you weren't aware. You get, you get what was on your feet. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, get anyways. some microbes it's basically like probiotics <clears throat> yeah so but uh it was it was nice you know like it's, it's hard to be a fan nowadays sometimes like to turn that part of your brain off um 
as an artist because you're like the dj and you was like oh he fucked up that transition i would have done it better and like that's not why i do music you know like i want to enjoy it and so it's nice to see someone that she wanted to see and also like i'm not gonna be playing guitar competing with i prevail um and like it was awesome the show was awesome she had a great time I had a great time and and yeah it was uh it was really needed <laughs> um as I'm in the sounds and looking back on it. One of those needed shows. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't, I didn't even know I needed it. So, mm. yeah. What about you? Snuck up on you. Yeah. Um, for me, was and th- this has been on the podcast, but you know, it's part of the lore. Uh, <laughs> it was um, Dead Mouse played at oh, um, Lollapalooza one year. <clears throat> he closed. This is your last concert? No. Oh, okay. This was my okay. my my favorite concert. Gotcha. Um, last concert was shit oh we saw g jones at uh oh. the riv which was really cool well tell me about your favorite so many concert. breaks um yeah. anyway yeah favorite concert was dead mouse at Lollapalooza. like it was uh four times four equals 12 i don't oh, know oh, what it yeah, was okay, like yeah. it's like not the right number anyway <laughs> uh like it starts raining he <clears throat> plays some chords and it was just so epic they didn't cancel the show mm-hmm. sometimes when you get the rain they're like we gotta stop and it's just yeah. a huge buzzkill they just yeah. kept it going we're like partying in the, the rain. rain soaked all of yeah. our phones got messed up but it was like the best <sighs> yes yeah, so my favorite concert i've been to would be rufus like rufus, rufus at, du soul dude i bought hangout 2016 i was gonna see frank ocean and Frank Ocean is notorious for what? Do you know? Fucking shit up. I don't know. Like the for pulling out of concerts, oh, and okay, festivals. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, the whole reason I wanted to go was to see him. You know, there's other people on, but Rufus is Soul. I just started getting into them, and this is like, this is right when they were starting to like really pick up steam. And so I'm in the crowd, and they're like playing, and it's on the beach in the Gulf Shores of Alabama. The sun is setting. They're doing a live set, and i was like it was just like epic because the sun is shining it's how you should hear rufus like in the perfect light not a cloud the singer gets up he's like if you look over there there's a perfect sunset and all you beautiful people here and like it sounds so cheesy but it was just so good i didn't know they one did live at that point but two it was just like from start to finish like incredible like everything was perfect and awesome and i'm crying sober i didn't even know i had that in me to yeah. like be like crying to that music and really just kind Good of like, sober cry yeah i will never forget that that is like the show i think for me and i went I, by myself so nice yeah. nice i've still never seen rufus but i also saw that gracie was uh pointing at your uh tattoo was that anything related to a, to a <clears throat> show maybe uh well okay so i just played boomers cartel um and i've had this since i mean since uh before i was an artist <laughs> Uh, it's the lyrics of Supernatural. Can you take me somewhere I've never been? Uh, there you go. Oh, you can see it here. <laughs> yeah, just uh, read it off my arm real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it wraps around my arm like that. Um, but it says, can you take me somewhere I've never been? Do you believe in the supernatural? Um, and like that song for me, like one of my all-time favorite songs is Quick, some Movie Mask Cartel. The first drop is like a hard trap, ugly drop. Are you a seeing good, where this a good ugly drop? Are you seeing okay. like a hard like bass drop? Are you seeing where this is going? It's about to get beautiful. <clears throat> yes. Um, and I didn't even know that's <laughs> I just made a connection right there. But but yeah, it's like it's all time favorite song. Like it really just connected home to me because at that point in time I was like didn't know who I was gonna be post soccer and whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I just got to play with him, which was like a full circle moment for me. Like, and that's the cool part of where I'm at now. Yeah, it's that's like, that's awesome. Like, I got to play with Abstract, and I was like, oh, dude, like, I've been your fan for like ever, and it's like I had to play with him twice. Night party, I'm like, oh my god, sick. Yeah, it's dude, like Rob Swire, bro. <laughs> yeah, and so like you know when I got to play Boombox, like. You know, I I was direct supporting, and I just went up to him and I was like, "Hey, man, like I just want to let you know, like you changed my life. Like, I have your lyrics tattooed on me." He's like, "He's like what? Like what? What lyrics?" I'm like, "Supernatural." He's like, "You have those lyrics tattooed on you?" He's like, "He calls a photographer, like takes a photo, meant a lot." Um, but that's like the coolest part because it's like I want, I hope I can have that impact on people where it's like, "Hey, like that song changed my life," or like whatever, like because that's all it did for me when I heard that song dealing with like depression and whatever and it's also like just trying to like find anything good and for whatever reason it just connected and every time i hear it to this day um you know just like i get goosebumps and everything and stuff but yeah so now it's cool because now i went from the fan to the fan behind the decks <laughs> still fangirling yeah, yeah. when i meet people or whatever but yeah yeah you gotta like constrain the fanboy just slightly i'm sure with him it was like bro like you're on my body so <laughs> i uh you know i wish i you're supposed to but i literally tripped and slid across a a, a couch trying to meet armin van buren who i opened up for at at north coast i saw him i opened up for him at was it uh aragon and i was like hi i opened i just ate shit and there was like all these beer cans everywhere i wasn't even drunk it was just like a common area so like he probably thought i was hammered i was like i opened up for you at your concert <laughs> i love you <laughs> well because it was just so crazy i was like freaked <laughs> yeah 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 you know like we've all had that moment you should never stop being a fan you know like you gotta like this and you gotta like the people you know listen to and like yeah my faves like joy if jo whatever joyride releases next it could be a piano like flute album sick I, i'd be like I'm a piano flute artist. Pivot. <laughs> that's the thing nowadays, you know, yeah. Andre. Yeah, oh, they, that's right. The yeah. flute album, yeah. dude. Yeah, well, this has been fun, bro. Dude, yeah, no, this has been great. Let's uh, let's let's let you let people know where they can find you. Um, on you know maybe in in the real world, IRL slash. Also, I was talking more social media. Uh, my social security number is. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, social media, everything is. Flanino, uh F-L-Y-N-N-I-N-H-O. You spell Flynn in ho. That's the easy way to get it. And then um next show I'm in Calgary next weekend. Um I I locked in North Coast for this year. Let's go. Um so if you're waiting summer to be here, I'll be there. And uh yeah, I got a song coming out Friday. I got the Blink 182 one. So if you listen this far through me rambling, you can download for free. Uh was it Friday? Yeah, Friday. So it's already uh, out, guys. Yeah, but um yeah, I plan on bouncing around a lot this year. So I'll, nice, I'll find you if you don't find me. I wish you all the best, man. <laughs> Likewise. Thank, thank you, you guys for listening. We really appreciate it if you've made it this far. Um, <laughs> whatever time of day it is there, I hope you have a good rest of it. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a clap ending, but I like that. <laughs>